It's finally game week in the great state of Texas. Hello, everyone. My name is Ryan Box. Joined alongside Kenny Heath for episode two of the Central Texas Football Podcast. And Kenny, first off, how are you doing today? I'm doing good, buddy. Uh, this is probably one of my favorite days of the year, uh, opening week of the Texas high school football season. Uh, glad we're having an episode two. And I'm ready to get to work. Yes, sir. Me as well. It's a, the most exciting time of the year in the state of Texas. So what we'll be doing today, we'll be pre- previewing eight games, eight of the top games from across the Super Semtex region. And we'll have a little co- a couple coaches interviews for you guys this week. As our very own Kenny Heath visited with Matt Hurst of Moody, David Haynes Jr. of Whitney, and the athletic director from... Pflugerville ISD, who's your old baseball coach? Yes, sir. Coach Mike McEachern. Coach Max, what we like to call him. So, first, we'll be starting off the show with our weekly Matt Stepp question. And this week's question for Mr. Stepp was, this year in the greater Semtex area, we have seen several dormant programs bring in new head coaches. In your time covering Texas high school football, what seems to be the common thing in turning a program around? And Matt Stepp's answer was, I don't personally believe that there is a common theme. The reasons vary as much as the communities and programs that are in need of a jolt. If there is a common theme, I'd say it involves support from administration to allow the new coach to implement his program, which I I think that's a very good point by Matt. Yeah, I do too. And I think this is going to be kind of a common theme in today's episode is we've got several teams. If you look at Itasca, uh, Meridian, Axtell, Moody, Robinson. You have several teams here that have been down, and it's going to be interesting to see if these new coaches, some of them are old veterans, some of them are new guys getting their first shot, see if they can turn these programs around and uh, get them headed in the right direction. Now starting with our week one Super Centex high school football preview, and we're going to start with Lake Belton versus Leander Rouse. And Lake Bell will be on the road against Rouse, who is, I believe, ranked number eight in Class 5A Division II on Dave Campbell's Texas football ratings. And uh, who do you have winning this game, Kenny? Man, I think I like Leander Rouse just because these dudes are battle-tested. They played 13 games last year, 12 games the year before. I love Lake Belton. I think they've got a bunch of athletes. But if i got to pick, I'm going to go with Leander Rouse. Leander Rouse does return 17 starters from a team that went three rounds deep a year ago, including their quarterback, Mason Shorb, who threw for over 3,800 yards and and 49 touchdowns a year ago, along with a near 1,000-yard rusher in Justice Cannon. They they bring pretty much the house again with 17 starters. But you look at Lake Belton at the same time, they returned all 22 starters, as we mentioned last week, and they only have one loss over the last two years in – in the outlaw schedule play, but starting UIL or UIL varsity play against Leander Rouse, again a very tough Leander Rouse, I might add, ranked top ten in Dave Campbell's again. And I think I think Leander Rouse, I'm with you. They take it by two or three scores, and they introduce Lake Bell into the UIL varsity level of play. Yeah, and you know Rouse's defense returns ten, so they're going to be better. You would assume. Yes. And I think the key is a very inexperienced Lake Belton squad going up against a battle-tested uh, Leander Rouse squad, and I just see Leander getting it done. It'll be a great measuring stick game for Lake Belton because, again, coming out of the outlaw schedule, it. No one knows how they're going to fare exactly on the UIL varsity level of competition. And this will, again, this would be a great measuring stick for them to see how they can compete 
at this newfound level. But you and I are in agreement. Leander Russ takes this one by two or three scores. Yeah, and uh, keep an eye, you know, Lake Belton Jenna experience, they got plenty of players on that side of the ball. You know, Micah Hudson, Javion Wilcox, Connor Cruz, those dudes are going to score some points. But I just don't think it's going to be enough this time around. So the second game we'll be covering are the Grandview Zebras against the Glen Rose Tigers. And I believe this game will be taking place at Glen Rose. Yes, it is. And uh, again, I think this one will be a lot closer than some people are saying. Dave Campbell's has this game as a two-score advantage in favor of Glen Rose, but I, I think it'll be a one-score game that could go either side. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I don't see anything wrong with that prediction at all. Uh, you know, it is the first game of the year, so. You, you never really know. Things are gonna happen. Uh, I just think when you look at this game, it's Grandview's defense who returns nine. I think they're going to be really good. And then you got that potent Glen Rose offense with Hudson White, the reigning district MVP, almost rushed for 2,000 yards last year, threw for 1,500. I would pay to go watch this game. A, a true dual-threat quarterback, Hudson White, is arguably one of the most, despite his amazing numbers, one of the more, no one really talks about how impactful a quarterback Hudson White is. I mean, but don't let that shy away from Grandview. They bring back a lot of stars as well, including their quarterback, Ryder Hayes, who was a sophomore last year and led this team to the second or third round, I believe. And then they also returned their dude all man, Case in English, an absolute stud who was just all over the field last year at wide receiver and defensive back. And if Grandview's going to go on the road and take this week one game from Glen Rose, it'll have to go through those two. Yeah, and, uh, you know, Case and English is going to get his yards. He's going to get his points. I think the key that I would like to look at or what I would be watching is the Grandview linebackers versus Hudson White. And can you keep a, keep a guy on him, a spy or whatever, and try to slow him down? They've got good running backs. I don't know if they're going to be able to do that, though. I mean, it's, again, week one. Both sides are going to take their lumps, but – Hudson White, again, will be very, very hard to contain. Again, I in, in my eyes, one of the best dual-threat quarterbacks, not just 4A, but across the whole state of Texas. So I, my prediction, I have Glenn Rose winning just by one score in this one. How about yourself? Uh, I'll take Glenn Rose by 10. By 10. I have him by 7. Okay. So now the third game we'll be covering is <laughs> – one of the best matchups, not across, not just across the Super Centex region, but across the great, the entire state of Texas, and that's China Spring and Lorena. Both teams won their respective divisions state championship a year ago, but they both have a lot to replace on both sides of the ball. Yeah, and you look at China Spring, they lost their quarterback from last year, but like we said in the preview, hey – here comes Cash McCollum from Wimberley. Mm. Threw for a ton of yards last year down there, 28 touchdowns. Uh, they got a good running back in Kyle Barton. So I think the key, again, is going to be a stronger defense for Lorena versus a pretty good China Spring offense. That What we think is going to be pretty good, we don't know because they lost a few. But I look for China Spring to uh, pull this one out by mm, two touchdowns. Uh, China Spring offense will probably have a different you know, change of pace because – you know, replacing Major Bowden for one is going to be quite difficult. It helps bring in a very talented quarterback like Cash McCollum, but Cash McCollum's play style is a lot different than Major Bowden because Major Bowden was a run-first, ground-and-pound quarterback. That he, he Even when he threw, if he threw, he was effective, but he didn't have to throw very much because he was just running people over in the run game. 
that's one thing I would like to know is so Coach Bell moved on to Baylor. Did he call plays last year? Because Reggie Patrick is the offensive coordinator, and if you look where he's been when he was at uh, out west, uh, DeLeon, you know they had they had a, a really spread throw, throw the ball offense, and I don't know if he called plays there or not, but. Looking for where Coach Patrick's been, looks like they may open up the offense a little bit this year. I, I think so, well, because again, Cash McCollum is more of a pro style quarterback. He can run a little bit, but he does. He's a more traditional stand in the pocket, you know, look downfield. He has an absolute cannon for an arm. So it it'll be a little bit different to see how China Spring utilizes their offense around this new pro style quarterback. But I, I, I honestly don't think this game's as close as most people think, and just. I mean, Lorena only returns eight starters from last year's team, and China Spring only returns just a little bit more than that. But I think just having that big movement from Wimberley for China Spring and then having a little bit more experience returning from last year's 16-0 championship team, I think it gives them just not – I actually have them by two scores over Lorena. Yeah, and this is good for Lorena. They they face these uh, tough teams pre-district because it's not going to get easier in district. They got some no. – uh, so, you know, you're going to get a gut shawl on those linebackers. They're going to get a big test early on and just, you know, see what they need to improve on and, and uh, improve as the season goes on. I mean, it'll be, again, one of the top games, not only in Central Texas but across the entire state of Texas – there's probably going to be at least one camera from every Central Texas news station there. I believe Dave Campbell's Texas football's crew is going to be there as well. It's going to be an amazing game that, again, you never truly know because it's game one and there's new starters across both sides for both teams. But at the end of the day, I think China Spring just has enough to take a two-score advantage over Lorena. Now for our fourth game we'll be covering will be the Whitney Wildcats versus the Troy Trojans. And before we dive into this game... Our very own Kenny Heath actually sat down for a quick interview with the new head coach of the Wendy Wildcats, David Haynes Jr. We'll have that for you right now. Okay, I'm here with uh, Coach Haynes. Coach, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. How are you doing today? We're doing good. So, uh, first year at Whitney, second stint as a head coach. This is your first year at Whitney. You're about to uh, to take the field uh, with the Wildcats for the first time. How are you feeling about it? Um, I'm, I feel real good. I feel real positive about our kids. We've had a great two days. Um, kids have been working hard. They, they've adjusted to the change, and I'm just really ready to see our kids out there. What are you expecting out of your offense this year? Um, we got to a lot of unproven kids, and so um, I want them to have a lot of fun. I want the offense to be fun. And just in our two scrimmages, man, our kids, our receivers, man, they've really been lighting it up. And we got a young sophomore quarterback and Mason Seeley, and he can re- he's, a, he's a lefty, and he can really sling it. Uh, so any kind of crazy superstitions you got on game days? Anything you do kind of different? Um, if I win the week before, I won't wash my clothes. I'll wear the same ones the next Friday. <laughs> yeah, I like that. <laughs> my wife, she she gets, she says that I'm dumb and she'll get mad at me, but it's just something that I do. Hey, whatever works. Uh, yes, pre-game meal, what's your favorite uh, pre-game meal? Favorite pre-game meal would probably be I'm a pizza guy, so if I can get some type of pizza in me, I'm going to be good. And that was Kenny's interview with the new head football coach of the Whitney Wildcats, David Haynes Jr. And now into this week one game for the Wildcats. They'll be on the road against the Troy Trojans, which these teams haven't played in a while. The last time they played was in the regional semifinal round of the 2019 season. 
where Troy took a 9-7 victory to advance to the fourth round. This is going to be their first meeting since. Yeah, and so you look at Whitney, and they're young at receiver. They got a lot of speed at receiver. But you go back to that playoff game, which neither team had that year, was a kicker. They were both inside the red zone plenty of times, and they couldn't convert. Well, this year, I don't know about Troy, but this year, Whitney's got a pretty good little kicker and sophomore, Carson Griffin. And uh, you get, you know, if you get inside 40, 45 yards, he's going to bang it through. And you got when you look at the Wildcats, they're going to have a completely different looking. I mean, on both sides of the ball, obviously with a new coach, but especially on offense. The old coach, Coach Mark Bird, had a very slow, methodical, burn the clock run the ball sort of style offense. And then you bring in David Haynes Jr., who's the complete opposite. It's very quick pace, tempo, get on the line, throw the ball, and let's go. So the question is, especially with a lot of unproven talent on this Wildcat roster, how quickly can they adapt to not only starting on varsity for the first time, but adapting to an entirely new system? Uh, it's going to take a while, and I don't, you know, I don't know if they're ready yet. Uh, you hope they are, but I think the key is you talk about that fast-paced offense is Whitney's speed versus Troy's size. Troy's going to be big. They're going to be big up front. Can Whitney's uh, front handle Troy's running game? Because even though it's not the same coach they had uh, when they met up last time, Coach Stephen Hermsmeyer, he is a, he's going to run the ball, and I think it's a hurry-up type run. So they're going to hopefully they're conditioned if they want to stop him, because if not, Troy's going to run right down their throat. And I believe this is Coach Stephen Hermsmeyer from Troy. I believe this is his first, second season. Okay, this is his second season. So, unlike Whitney, Troy has had a year to adapt to Coach Hermsmeyer's system. So, that might give him a little advantage in that department, especially with returning a little bit more experience than the Wildcats do. But on the road, uh, Whitney is favored by two scores on Dave Campbell's Texas football. But I, I actually have this as a one-score game in favor of the Wildcats. Yeah, just being conservative, I'll go that too. But, you know, you look last year at Troy at the beginning of the year, man, they just they, they they laid slow. some eggs. You know, they, they got slow. beat bad. But as the year went on, you know, they played Caldwell. They lost. They beat them by one. Uh, played uh, uh, Rockdale close, lost by two. Played Little River Academy, a three-round team last year, only been about 13. So they got better as the year went on. It'll be interesting to see how they do. They got a big running back in Corey Gibson. Uh, I'll go Whitney, but I don't think it's – I think it's going to be a high-scoring game, and I think uh, uh, Whitney out. by a couple. I, I, I would not doubt seeing that at all. Whitney has t- historically been an offense-first team, but although their defense has picked it up over the last few years, but now that – uh, defensive coordinator Bo Johnson is now out of the picture, and a whole new coaching staff comes in. We'll just have to see how this new young team adapts. Yeah, and they got well, they got two holdovers, but you know this is a different offense from what they saw. And I think another key that we're going to look at is uh, the new linebacker Trey Haynes, how he impacts this game and this defense because you know he comes in with a lot of fanfare, and so we'll see how it, how it works out. So we're both in agreement, Whitney by one to two scores. Yes, sir. Our fifth game for this week will be the Rogers Eagles versus the Little River Academy Bumblebees. And again, Academy returns 17 of their 22 starters from an 11-win team a year ago, which the opposite of Rogers. Rogers has a lot of unknowns. But talking with Coach Charlie Roten, uh, he'll tell you that their strength right now is up front, which is typically the case for Rodgers. Yeah, they're always athletic and big up front. They, I think they do a lot of pulling, and those linemen will get out and, uh, and make some blocks. Uh, they return four or five of those guys on the offensive line, so they're going to be strong up front. I think they're 
they're probably still trying to find their skill kids or, you know, before two days started, that's what you were probably, they were trying to fill those skills. I'm sure they found them by now or they got an idea of who's going to do what. But I think over there in Little River, Coach Lancaster, man, he's got a heck of a squad. Uh, I just don't see them being slowed down. This I week. mean, Academy is undoubtedly a region threat over there in region three. But again, looking at Rogers, they, they lose probably their two biggest playmakers on offense and, their do first off their dude all man Christian Riley who is an absolute stud he returned kicks receiver running back wherever he needed wherever they needed him they put him there and along with their quarterback Riley Dolgener who is now playing football at Harden Simmons so again with that kind of imbalance of experience returning and taking last year into account and what both teams need to replace academy doesn't have to re- that doesn't have to replace much at all. Only five starters from last year's team. So I have Academy by at least three scores. Yeah, I'm, I feel good about that. I mean, I feel for the Rogers kids. I think that's a good program over there. They, they play hard, but it's just not going to go their way Friday night. Yeah, as long as Charlie Rowan is there, they always have a chance, though. So now for our sixth game, we'll be moving over to Cameron Yo versus Lago Vista, a, a game of former district mates, but now Lago Vista has moved up to 4A Division II, where they actually start in the top 10 in their first year in that division. And I believe this one will be in Lago Vista, but Cameron Yo again, they're, they're bringing, in, bringing in a lot from last year's team, but they'll be... I think it'll be a challenge taking on Lago Vista because Lago Vista returns a lot more from the state semifinalist team a year ago. And being at home, I think Lago Vista has the edge. Yeah, and a, a Creighton Phillips team, those dudes are going to play hard. They're going to play to the whistle and sometimes maybe a little bit past the whistle. Oh, yeah. They're a hard-nosed bunch. They return uh, Bowen Staub, 1,800 yards, 20 touchdowns, 1,000 yards rushing. they got a good receiver in Ethan Helton. 1,100 yards, 14 touchdowns, a good pair of defensive linemen. Two defensive linemen that have 75 tackles plus. So I think Lago Vista is going to be really good this year. Cameron, they return the quarterback, Drake. The running back, Evans, is going to lead the the offense. Uh, it'll be a good measuring stick for them to see kind of where they measure up. And I'm sure they're going to, they're going to play the game, go back, look at the film, make adjustments and get better as the season goes on. I agree completely. They'll definitely be, at least at this moment, a dark horse threat to Region 3. They returned seven stars on defense, with a lot of that being in the secondary. The Lago Vista is classically a run-first team, but, you know, can the inexperience returning for Cameron Yo on the front seven aspect, can they stop that? Because, again, they return a lot in the secondary, but up front – can they stop Lago Vista's running attack? And at least for this first week, if these teams met later down down the road, I might I might say it's a lot closer. But right now, I have Lago Vista by two scores. Yeah, I got them too. And uh, you know, I think high school football is a better thing when Cameron Yo's winning. Yes. And they haven't been as successful as they've been in the past. This is Coach Rhodes' second year there, so I think he's gonna get them turned around, but. Just not this week. So, again, we are both in agreement. Uh, Lago Vista by two scores at home. Yes, sir. Then our second to last game will be Mejia versus Waco Connolly. Now, when you look at Dave Campbell's Texas football initially, they have Connolly up by five scores. What do you say, Kenny? 
you know, it's hard. Uh, I don't know. Mejia, this is Mejia's second year under coach now. They got a, a good quarterback. He uh, he started several games last year as a sophomore. I think the key to this game is Mejia's got some good receivers, but Conley has some outstanding defensive backs. So that Mejia mm-hmm. wide receiver core against that Conley DB core, I just think the Conley DBs are – and then they're great. And then you throw in a, another D1 guy, Jelani McDonald, uh, you know, 900 yards, nine touchdowns pass, and rush for another 575, six touchdowns. I think it's Conley by several. Now, when you look at last season with these two teams, or even just historically speaking for that matter, both these teams are always loaded with talent. Loaded with talent. But they tend to underachieve at times. But And then, again, you look at this year, Conley returned 16 starters from the playoff team a year ago. They finished 4-6 and six overall. And then Mejia finished 2-9 and nine last year, just squeaking into the playoffs. But they returned 12 starters themselves. So there's a lot of experience returning back on both sides. But again, Connolly, I think, especially on the offensive side of the ball, offensive side of the ball, I think they'll be too much for Mejia. Although, again, when you look at Mejia's pre-district schedule, it's brutal. They have Connolly week one, and week two they have Franklin. Week three they have China Spring, so back-to-back <laughs> state champions right there, and then they'll finish with Gatesville. So I think. Looking on down the road for Mejia, they, they'll play this tough pre-district schedule and then just shift on in to District 8 in Class 3A Division 1 where they do move down from 4A Division 2. I think having this tough pre-district schedule will pay dividends, and that's an understatement. It'll play huge dividends for them once district play comes around. Yeah, it'll, it'll help them get ready for a tough team like Malakoff if they can stay healthy, uh, you know, Colin returns 8-8. Eight eight. Mejia does turn 10 on their offense. I just don't think it's going to be enough, uh, but it's going to be a good learning experience for those guys and, and, you know, learn, you know, you can get punched in the mouth and get up and keep keep fighting. Because, again, they'll be – it'll be tough in this pre-district schedule, but I think they'll be somewhat competitive. But then, again, when district comes around, I mean, the, I think the only two people that – or the only two teams, rather, that would, you know, be significant favorites over Mejia at that point in time would be Grosbeck and Malakoff. Yep. And who's to say even Grosbeck would we be one? They could be on e- even level of the playing field once district time comes around. It'll just have to depend on how far in, along in the district season that we are. So, again, with this being their first game of the season and going against Connolly, starting this tough pre-district schedule, I, I have Connolly by at least three scores. I do too, and maybe more, but yeah, I agree. And now for our final game of our game of the weeks, games of the week segment, we'll be covering the Moody Bearcats against the Axel Longhorns. And again, before we dive into this game, uh, our very own Kenny Heath visited with the head coach of the Moody Bearcats, Coach Matt Hurst. Hey, Coach. Uh, we're here with uh, Coach Matt Hurst from uh, Moody uh, Bearcat. How you doing today, buddy? I'm doing doing well. Thanks for having me on. Yes, sir. So you, you've had a pretty good uh, year. So you were at Lorena as an assistant, won a state championship game. And then this spring uh, you got a head job over at Moody. Uh, how's that feel? Uh, you know, right now I'm not thinking about that at all. I'm just thinking about how do we get better every day. Um, but, it, but at the time, certainly a, a, a good opportunity for me, uh, my career, trying to um, – get to this point you know to where i can run my own program and it's something i I dreamed about professionally for a long time and so to see that come to fruition felt really really good 
Awesome. So your dad was a head football coach. Uh, you worked for Ray Biles. So once you got the job, who did you kind of lean on for a little bit of info on how to get things started? That's a question. I think um, the obvious answer is, is my dad and Coach Biles, uh, for sure. But uh, And, and those, they certainly are, are two that I talked to um, during that process and, and still do. Uh, my first head coach was Coach Jeff Dixon. He just retired this spring. I uh, coached for him at Alvarado, um, and he was there for several years, was really, really successful. Coach down at Katy, he actually, uh, Coach Biles actually coached Coach Dixon in high school at Katy. So, random connection there. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, he's another one. And then I would just say um, kind of taking notes along the way throughout my career of what I want it to do, what I liked about this or what I didn't like, what I would do differently, and just kind of thinking through all of that and getting advice from those men that, uh, you know, I, I respect a whole lot and have been in a long time and, and a lot of success. So I guess a conglomeration of, of all of that. But um, certainly my dad and Coach Biles play a, a really, really big role in terms of mentorship for, for a head coaching um, job. That's a great answer. So you got asked a week uh, zero or the first week of the season. What are you expecting from uh, Craig Horn and his guys? You know, he he and his um, he and his staff have been a couple of different places have been really successful. You know, in, in several places. So um, I think they're going to be well coached. I think they're going to be disciplined. I think they're going to come out ready to play. Uh, from what we've seen and heard, uh, you know, on film and stuff, uh, they they've got things moving in the right direction. And um, I really. I hope my hope is that we have things moving in the right direction, and, and so I think it's going to be a good game, and, and we'll see. But I, I think they're they're going to be a lot better than they were last year, and you know the hope is that they were a lot better team than we were last year. So so we'll see how it goes on Friday. Two quick ones: you got any weird uh, game day rituals? Any superstitions you go by? You know, uh, the answer to that is, is no. I'm not superstitious at all. Um, you know, I think things happen, and and uh, they're out of your control. But me uh, putting on some dirty socks, or you know, rubbing a, a necklace, or whatever it may be, has nothing to do with that. Um, so I'm not superstitious. So I just focus on um, the process of what we're doing each day and on a game day. You know, I'm sure I'll be a little more amped up than usual, um, but. It's just, you know, what's our schedule and what are we going to do and, and uh, what does it look like from, from point A to point A to B throughout the day. Um, and so just kind of handle it um, like any other game uh, as best I can, um, for sure. So, yeah, no no rituals or superstitions. Um, just go out there and, and uh, work hard and try to make sure we're all on the same page and have a good game. Awesome. Uh, pre-game meal, what's your favorite pre-game meal? Mexican food, um, you know, Italian food's good, but maybe like uh, chicken strips or a hamburger, something like that. Sandwiches are always easy, so I like those too. And that was Kenny's interview with Moody head coach Matt Hurst. And now let's dive into the Bearcats' week one game against the Axel Longhorns. And looking at both these teams, it's Matt Hurst's first year with Moody, and it's Craig Horn's first year with Axel. So, both programs coming into their first game with new head coaches 
It might be a little bit sloppy, but I think it'll make for a good game. Yeah, well, you look at these two programs, they've both been down for a while, and they both went different directions. So Moody went out and got a, a assistant coach from a state championship program uh, over in Lorena, and uh, Coach Hurst, he's coached under, uh, as the interview said, you know, he coached under Ray Biles, Jeff Dixon, and his, and his dad is a uh, big part of his life. And one thing that you would learn from that interview is Coach Hurst is really excited and he will eat just about anything. Because when <laughs> yes, it comes to the pregame meal, I think he listed every food group there was. He's like, yeah, I'm good, man. I'll eat. Just put it on my plate and I'll eat it. <laughs> but the similarity about these two programs is they both got pretty good quarterbacks coming back. And Kelby uh, Hollingsworth over there at Axtell and uh, Ryder Hoherts at, at uh, Moody. And so Axtell, they went a different way. Instead of getting a, a prospect, they went out and got a proven guy that's turned some programs around. So that's interesting. I like to see these, these, uh, these programs making moves. Uh, I think hopefully both of them pay dividends and, and these, these programs start, you know, go ahead in the right direction. It's just one of those games that I think you'll agree with me here. Although it's flying under everyone's radars, it seems, this might be one of the most exciting games across the region this year or for this week one set of games. And, you know, a, a lot of Dave Campbell's has this as a one point game. So it could be very interesting. I have, I have Axel winning by one score. How about you? Uh, I get yeah. I, I I've been toying with this. Yeah, it was hard for me to choose as well. I, you really want to see both these programs succeed, but yes. I, I think uh, Axel will probably get the nod. Uh, just because you know, maybe Coach Hurst is going to take him a little time to get his his program up and, and running, and, and and Coach Horn's done this before, mm-hmm. so he may have an edge on you know, hey, I've done this. I know how to get it turned around, and you know he spoke about it last week. So, yeah, I'll take Axel by a score. I think it'd be a fun game. It's kind of like the uh, the Meridian Itasca game. I think yeah. that's going to be a close game. Two new head coaches, although mm-hmm. one of them came from the other. But yeah, I think you know don't overlook these the smaller schools that have kind of been down. But you know they got new blood, and it's going to be fun. Yeah, and again, the, yes, they were both returned, or they both bring in new coaches and new systems. But they both both teams returned double digit starters. Axel returns 10, and Moody returns 13 starters from last year's team. So both teams bring a lot of experience. It's just the question is who's going to adapt to their new system just a bit better. And I think I think this game – I say Axel, but this game could absolutely go either way. But I think Axel just slightly gets the nod over Moody. And now let's move on to our week one pick But before we do so, you had an interview with your former head baseball coach. Yeah, well, Coach Mack is now the athletic director at uh, Pflugerville ISD, and they've got a couple of cool uh, schools sprinkled in these Syntec districts. And keeping with the theme of, you know, these new programs, these programs with these new coaches, we thought we'd reach out to him. He's been around for a while and uh, ask him a few questions. Okay, I'm here with uh, Coach Mike McEachin, longtime Huffman Hargrave head football coach and athletic director, and he's moved on to Pflugerville ISD as their AD. Coach, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. Thank you for having me. Coach, we appreciate you coming on. So you were a longtime head football coach down there at Huffman Hargrave. Your game day nerves, how did that change from the first year as a head coach to your last year? You know, it doesn't change ever. It's, it's, it's Texas high school football, and it's just a fever. And right now, talking to you, I've got goosebumps. And I'm not <laughs> even coaching tonight because it's just something that you don't get ever get out of your system, which is a good thing. And I was 
This is year 31 for me. I was fortunate enough to be a head football coach for 16. And uh, from day one to the last day, you're, you're, you still get those butterflies and that nervous energy. And, uh, you know, I always said that if you ever quit getting that, then it's time to step away. Coach, in our greater Central Texas area, we've had, I don't know more this year than any other year, but we've had several new coaches come in, coaching changes, and a lot of them are, are some programs that have been kind of down on their luck uh, here lately. So have you seen or what do you see when a new guy comes in to a program, what do they do to try to change that? You know, I think across the whole state this year that there were a lot of job openings um, for head jobs and that, uh, you know, a lot of turnover. And, you know, you had years like that, but this year seemed to be a little more than normal. Uh, you know, as a new coach going into a new program, whether it's been down, especially a program's not won a whole lot. And, you know, you want to try to change the whole mentality. You want to, and it starts with the kids. It starts with the community. Um, you got to have the administration backing you the support um you know i'd love to say as head coach it was all up to you but it's really not i mean it's you've got to surround yourself with people that believe and and, i mean let's not let's not try to kid ourselves you gotta have kids um you know and a lot of these places they just may not have had a, a, a good run of kids or talent but you know a lot of times you can still coach them up and, and kind of get a, a winning attitude. And that's what it's going to take. You know, everybody wants to capture that magic in a bottle. And uh, administrators want to hire that guy. Uh, there's a lot of good coaches, though, that, that haven't won before. And it doesn't make them any less. It's just the fact that, you know, maybe things didn't line up right. And you've, you've just got to change the whole mentality. And you, you hear so much, but change that culture. Change the culture to winning. Uh, I've always said, go in and schedule some games and you can get some wins. Because the kids have to believe that they can win first. And then once you get that established, then I think you can kind of start beefing up your schedule a little bit. Okay, so we really don't consider Pflugerville our greater Waco coverage area. But all, but you do have some schools that are uh, in some districts with this Syntex area. So how's things looking down in Pflugerville? You know, our biggest school uh, is Weiss High School. They just uh, turned 6-8 this Realignment, and they're in with they They've got into a tough district. A lot of travel for them. Uh, we'll be traveling to Bryan and to Temple, and so those are some traditional good teams, along with Coppers Cove and uh, Harker Heights. So and make Waco Midway. So you know, for a six A program and, and young, you know they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna have to come out firing. And uh, they kick it off here tomorrow night with Round Rock. So we'll they'll see real quick what they're made of. Uh, our five A Division One. High school in Pflugerville is Hendrickson High School. It actually opened up five or six years ago. It opened up as a 6A, and then it's dropped down to 5A. But they, too, jumped into a tough district with A&M Consolidated, both Georgetowns, uh, College Station. So they've got their work cut out, too. And then we have two schools that are 5A Division Two, and that's Pflugerville High School, the longtime school here, and then Pflugerville Conley, that's right off I-35 that a lot of people see when they're headed to Austin. And They, they got in with Belton, Elgin, and uh, the new school in Colleen Chaparral, Waco University. So, you know, you read Dave Campbell's and they predict us to all be in the playoffs. And, you know, it's going to be a tough road to hoe just because of a lot of new programs. But uh, we're we're excited and we've got great coaches and head coaches and believe it, you know, it's time to to make their mark. And that was Kenny's interview with Coach Mack over there at Pflugerville ISD, the athletic director. And again, before we get to our week one pickums, actually, there's one game that. We somehow missed. There is the number seven ranked La Vega Pirates against the number 10 ranked Kennedale Wildcats. 
And, I mean, two top 10 ranked teams playing in week one, this game could very well be a playoff game preview oh, here yeah. in week one. Absolutely. And, man, uh, Coach Barrett up at Kennedale always does a great job, just like Coach Hyde over there in La Vega. Uh, you basically got two two heavyweights fixing to duke it out right there in uh, Bell Mead. And uh, looking at La Vega, they only returned three starters from last year's 9-4 and four regional semifinalist team. So I guess that's their one question would be, how can their defense, you know, go against Kennedale's high-powered run offense? Because, I mean, traditionally that's what Kennedale does. They're a team that will take the ball and run it down your throat. So, again, with LaVega only returning three defensive starters, will they have an answer for that Kennedale run attack? Yeah, and that and also, you know, LaVega's secondary versus Jalen Webb. He's a very good wide receiver. And if you flip to the other side, you know, uh, Bryson Rowland, one of the better, run, one of the probably best running backs in Central Texas. Kennedale's got a good defense, like you said, so it's going to be interesting. Kennedale's D versus Rowland, La Vega's secondary versus Webb. Uh, you know, La Vega's going to have a good offensive line. They're going to be tough. Kennedale's bringing back a, a good defense, so it ought to be interesting. Yeah, for sure. It's it's again, it's one of those games that could absolutely with both with what both teams are bringing back their rankings, everything, this game could absolutely go either way. But I have La Vega taking it by one score. I do, too. They're at home mainly. And, uh, man, I just really like Bryson Rowland. I think he's going to have a big game. It's just amazing game. Just just one of many amazing games that we will be covering in week one here on the Central Texas Football Podcast. And so now let's move on to our week one pick em. So how this works, we'll pick around 15 to 20 games every week where myself, Kenny Heath, and we also have a special guest joining us weekly on the Pickums, don't we, Kenny? Yeah, we have the curator at the Texas Sports Hall of Fame, Mr. Jay Black. So he's going to be our guest picker for the foreseeable future until he gets tired or, or he realizes <laughs> he's, tired of us. he's not going to win it, you know, after I beat him. But, uh, yeah, we're glad to have Jay. Jay is a tremendous dude. If you're ever around uh, the Hall of Fame, go in there and say hi. Good dude. Very knowledgeable about, as you can imagine, he's a curator for the Texas Sports Hall of Fame. He's got some great stories. He loves to talk, so we appreciate him uh, jumping on with us. And if you've never been to the Texas Sports Hall of Fame then, and you're from Texas, what are you doing? You know, <laughs> pat, if, even if you're just passing through Waco, it is a must-stop. I mean, they have his, you know, college football they have the southwestern conference hall of fame there i believe and so there's just so much cool stuff you can look at and it's right next to baylor university's campus so it's it's a great place to visit and we appreciate jay for joining us on the weekly pick'em game so we'll start our first pick'em game will be mansfield at midway and i have mansfield taking this one i looked at this and i'm gonna go with midway I studied it a little bit. I may be wrong. And then Jay Black is going to go with Mansfield. So, and then, again, just a quick note. We'll probably, we won't go in-depth in our pick'em games throughout the season. We'll just not fly through them, but probably just pick our teams and maybe give a little analysis here and then. With that being said, we'll go to game two where we'll have Temple at McKinney, and I'm going to give the edge to Temple here on the road. I will too, and Mr. Black is going to go Temple as well. And another note, we'll run into a couple repeats from the games that we covered in the initial 
uh, preview. So, and the first of those will be this Lake Belt at Leander Rouse. And as we said earlier, I think we both have Rouse comfortably winning by two or three scores. Yeah, I like uh, Rouse. Uh, Mr. Black likes Belton, so. or uh, yeah, Lake Belt. A lot of people, a lot of people are really high on Lake Belton right now, and I mean. Why not? Again, they have been playing an outlaw schedule, but they return all 22 starters, which, I mean, if experience is a factor, which it should be, then who knows? They might have a chance. And our next game will be Waco at Fort Worth Southwest. This game will be played at Clark Stadium right off I-30. And I have Southwest taking this by one score. I'm going to go with Waco High just because I think they need a W. And the second year under Coach Linden Helt, you know, and they return a lot of experience, of course, so – I mean, Forward Southwest, historically not a, not a team with a whole bunch of success, but they always have a bunch of athletes. And so, but Waco does as well. So I think it'll be a good matchup between the two. And again, it could, I think it'll be a one score game. Like, uh, although I do have Southwest going, it could go either way. Yeah, Mr. Black has Waco also. And next will be the Robinson Rockets at the University Trojans. I have, I have University by two scores. I'm going to go out on a limb and say that uh, Ludlow has Robinson ready to rock and roll, and I'm going to go with Robinson. Oh, wow. And then now, next game, another game that we covered earlier, Lorena at China Spring. And I'm going to stick with my gut and go with what I said earlier. I got China, China Spring by two scores. Yeah, I got them too, and, and so does Mr. Black. The next will be Kennedale at La Vega. Uh, I'm going to stick with my gut once again, and I'll go with La Vega by, one, by inside one score. Uh, me and Mr. Black agree. And after that, we will have McGregor at Hillsborough, and they match up really well. This is a game – McGregor won this game last year, I believe, but you got to remember last year Hillsborough lost their quarterback, Austin Cook, in the second or third game of the last season. In this opener, they will have Austin Cook back, and I think just having their leader on the offensive side of the ball gives Hillsborough the slight nod. I'll take Hillsborough by 10. I'll take them by uh, a score, too, and, you know, maybe more. I think uh, just McGregor's been down here lately. Hopefully they get it turned around, but I'm with Hillsborough. So is Mr. J- uh, Mr. Black. And then another game we covered earlier, Grandview and Glen Rose. I'm going to stick again, and I'll stay with Glen Rose by one score. Me and Mr. Black agree. Our next game is be West, the Trojans, at the Godly Wildcats. And I got West by two or three scores at least. Yeah, I do too. I think they're ready to go. And it'll be interesting to see how their defense plays this week. And again, Mejia at Connolly. And again, Connolly by four or five scores at least. Yes, sir. I agree. And Mr. Black agrees. Salado at Fredericksburg. This one was kind of hard for me to pick because I don't know too much about Fredericksburg. But looking at their last few years, they have been pretty good. So, But that being said, Tom Westerberg comes into Salado, his hometown, and then he's taken over this program. I'm going to stick with Central, our area of Central Texas, and I'll go with Salado by two scores. I'm going to go with Fred, and Mr. Black is going to go with Salado. And our next game, Whitney at Troy. Again, I will take Whitney by one to two scores. Uh, Whitney across the board. Mr. Black agrees. Rockdale at Teague. I'll take the Rockdale Tigers over the Teague Lions by two scores. Yeah, I'll take Rockdale, and this will be an interesting game. And, you know, this last week I made a mistake and said this was uh, Teague coach's first year, uh, second year, but this is actually his first year. Coach Osborne retired. So it'll be interesting to see how, uh, what kind of – Systems he put in and how they perform against Rockdale. He was he hired from within? Or no, what? he came from down uh, Golden Triangle, or down south somewhere. I don't know exactly where it was at. 
So, uh, but we both, uh, you had Rockdale winning as well, correct? I had Rockdale. Mr. Black has Teague. And our next game will be Cameron Yo against Lago Vista. Again, I'm going to go with what I said earlier. Again, in a shootout that could go either way, I'm going to give a 10-point advantage to Lago Vista. Yeah, I think uh, Lago is probably going to come out on top. And let's see what Mr. Black has. He has... He has Cameron Yeoman. And, I mean, he's he's not often picking that team at all because, again, that could go either way. Both Lago Vista at home and, you know, moving up a classification now, I, I think they have a slight advantage there. So, our next game will be Riesel at Blooming Grove. And I, I'll take, in a close one, I'll take Riesel by one score. Ooh. So, I think it's going to be a good game. Mm-hmm. Uh, It'll be but very close. Mr. Black and myself disagree. We're going to go Blooming Grove. And our next game will be Rogers at Academy. And again, I'll take, not necessarily name their score, but I have Academy winning by at least three touchdowns. I agree with you. Uh, Mr. Black has the upset, and he's picking Rogers. Really? Interesting, interesting. So next, we'll have Crawford at Goldthwaite. And I mean, we talked about Crawford last week. They returned the house on a team that went three or four rounds deep last year. I think I think they do name their score against Goldthwait. I think they win by at least three or four scores. I agree. Uh, I just, like we said, same thing. They're just going to come out and roll. Our next game will be Moody at Axtell, which we covered earlier. Again, a, a game that's going to be decided within one score and could go either way, but I'm going to stick with Axtell. Yeah, it's going to be a good game. I'd like to go watch this one. Yes. Uh, but I think Axel just has a small little edge this early in the season. And then we compared that game with this next game, Meridian and Itasca earlier. Another fun small school game. I'm going to I'm going to take Itasca by 10 in this one. Itasca by 10. Well, I'm the lone holdout. I'm going to take Meridian. You and Mr. Black are going with Itasca. And our next game will be Rio Vista or Rio Vista. I don't don't want to upset our good friends in Eagle <laughs> Country, Ryle Vista, <laughs> on the road against Dawson. And I'll actually take Ryle Vista by two scores. Yeah, I'll take Ryle Vista. Uh, the fighting speed traps, I think they're going to – well, that's not much of a speed trap. Back when I was in high school, man, you, you slowed your row going through there because they would pull you over. But, yeah, I like Rio Vista, Ryle, Rio. And our next game will be Bosqueville at Chilton. Some people have this game. Some people actually have Bosqueville taking this one on the road, but I think Chilton wins comfortably by at least two scores. Yeah, I agree. Chilton, I think they're going to have a tremendous ball club this year. You know, Bosqueville's no slouch, but I just think they're kind of out of their league on this one. And Mr. Black, he's going with the Bosqueville. And our second to last game, we'll have the Marlin Bulldogs at the at the Crockett Bulldogs. And again, Crockett is a team. Mart is punching up here playing against Crockett. Crockett, always a team with a lot of talent and size. But Marlin brings pretty much the house from a state semifinalist team a year ago. I'll take Marlin by 10 to 14 points. Yeah, Marlin, they're just going to be primed, ready to go. Uh, Crockett, they're not like they were four or five years ago. I think they're kind of rebuilding. So let's go. I'll go with Marlin. Mr. Black is going with another upset. And then our final... Game of the Week 1 Pick'em Series here on the Central Texas Football Podcast. We have the Mark Panthers on the road against Paris Chisholm. And I think you'll agree with me here when we when I say I don't know a thing about Paris Chisholm High School. And 
Just probably for that fact alone, I'll take Mart by however much they want. Yeah, well, Paris is a 3A a D2 school, I believe, and, and I think Mart just has trouble finding people to play them. For good and reason. Sometimes you got to go to Paris to find that. And uh, they're going to be Mart, and I have no doubt they're going to be victorious Friday night. And that is the end of our week one pickums, and that'll take us to the end of episode two of the Central Texas Football Podcast. Thanks again for tuning in and your con- continued support for our brand new podcast covering high school football in the Super Centex region of Texas. We really appreciate it. For Kenny Heath, I'm Ryan Fox. Thank you very much, and enjoy week one of the Texas high school football season.